1: Hey, it's Steve Balton. Welcome back to My Turning Point, where this week, co-host Sage Bava and I had a wonderful conversation with the amazing Bishop Briggs. I've been friends with Bishop for years, and it was an instant love fest between Bishop and Sage, as you would imagine. So really fun conversation between all three of us. Hope you enjoy it as much as we did.
2: Yeah, I've been doing some of these interviews with Steve, and I was so excited that you were chatting with Steve and you guys go boy back. So it's an honor oh,
0: to... Oh, my God. Be... Well, I need to look up your music.
1: No, okay, dude. I... She's way too shy and she's not nearly aggressive enough, but she did a fucking killer cover of Superhuman that's on her Instagram last night. That's what I was getting at, you doofus. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. Okay,
2: I'll look it up. Thank you, you. <laughs> I was just messing around at, at okay, our... And what is your Instagram? Farm. Uh, sage, S-A-G-E, Bava. It's just my name, which is in my little... Zoom thing, but hey, I was on a total Bishop Briggs call
0: yesterday. What? Oh my God. Thank you so much. Okay. I'm going to check it out after this. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. It's really freaking awesome. So how oh the hell God. are you doing? I, I hear was speaking of covers. It's funny because, uh, yeah. So I saw a snippet of one you did last night, which, um, you know, or I saw a snippet of one. I don't know when you did it, but you know, it's funny because I put out a book in October called anthems. We love which actually does feature uh, Gerard talking about Welcome to the Black Parade. Oh,
0: oh my God. Ah, oh, My favorite. I love
1: that dude so much. The first two people to say yes to this book were Gerard and Barry Manilow.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. What, I mean, what contrasting individuals, but also I'm sure they have a lot more in common than we realize.
1: <laughs> so, so there's so much to talk about with you. We're going to just, you know, knock this out with like, but How the hell did this happen? And has it been super weird and surreal and, you know?
0: Oh, it has been the coolest thing ever and um, the most difficult thing to keep a secret. I, I thought I was a good secret keeper until this happened. And I have just been chewing my fingernails wanting to reveal everything.
1: Well, now what? You have like 24 more hours until you can reveal everything?
0: Yes, yes. And even us talking about it, I'm like okay, is this real? Like, can I, <laughs> can I be open about this? Yeah. So 24 hours.
1: Trust me. I signed away like my kidney, my firstborn, everything to, you know, for them <laughs> to tell me about it. They were <laughs> like, if you tell anyone, we're going to chop your head off and, you yeah. know, feed it to the wolves, uh, which they just threatened yeah. do too. So there's that as well, but yeah. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> great. So, I mean, it's fun for you, like for you, when you get to do something like this, has it been really fun to inhabit these songs?
0: Oh, yes. And and I think what was really exciting about the experience was as I progressed in the competition, it felt like I got to really dive into songs that meant a lot to me on my personal journey. Uh, you know, Take Me to Church by Hosier and... Um, you know, Sia as an artist and then Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance and um, and then Someone Like You by Adele. It's like, it felt like it started off in, you know, Abba night, you know, that's where it began. And then I feel like I got to show a bit more of, you know, who I am as an artist.
1: All right. I'm letting stage jump in in one second, but it's really funny because I actually also did Hozier, Take Me to Church for the book, which actually is going to be in the next volume, but also great Adele story. I interviewed her for AOL sessions when 21 came out and it was one of the first live performances she did of someone like you. And at the time there's, it's a crew of all guys and they're all sitting there bawling. And I love this one of my favorite comments of all time. And Sage has heard this story and she's just like, and Adele was like, I was telling her in the interview and she's like, it's so easy to make men cry. So did you make (laughs) guys cry with someone like (laughs) you?
0: Well, I do think that is the effect of Adele. You know, that is what her star quality is. I I hope that people felt touched by the music. But you know, having grown men cry, that does feel very Adele specific. But I tried my best to, you know, evoke emotion. And it was a very just to be totally transparent, it was very daunting and intimidating. And I hope I did it justice. That's, you know, but my dad has told me I'm not allowed to read any comments. So who knows? But hopefully, you know, it it was okay.
1: Your dad is a smart, smart man because yeah. <laughs> stay the fuck away from the internet. It's an evil place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my last question, and then Sage, you can jump in. Well, not my last question, but the last one on this topic is uh, I'm so curious too. I mean, when you're doing it in costume, it's funny because I talk about this with actors all the time. Do you feel like you're taking on a part? Did you become Medusa, whatever the hell that is?
0: Ooh, well, I feel really lucky that there was an energy about Medusa that I gravitate towards as a performer. So it felt like I got to just be myself, Uh, the person that I am on stage. You know, I got to inhabit that. Uh, But the thing that I did miss that I couldn't do while wearing a mask was when the song would finish, like all I want to do is show that i am crying show that i am smiling show that i'm relieved show you know and all of that comes out of um you know your face when you're, when you're when you're finished singing um so i did miss that element of it but there is something really um powerful about medusa that i'm i'm grateful for that i could connect to wait okay sage
1: so you can jump in one second but you know, it's funny because I asked you about the gr- making grown men cry, but I was telling the stage the story of seeing you at no vacancy and doing high water and oh. how you made everybody in the fucking place ball, including me.
0: Oh, thank you. I can't believe you came to that. That was the coolest thing ever.
1: Ugh. Well, I mean, why wouldn't I come to that? We've been friends for years that it was freaking awesome.
0: Thank you. It, m- it means a lot.
1: Cool. Sage. Oh, yeah.
0: So when you
2: were choosing these songs that you've loved for years, Did you go into it knowing exactly what you wanted to do with them and that was what was born? Or did it surprise you that you found something else within the song and it ended up taking a whole
0: different direction? Well, it's interesting because the part of it that I had to take into consideration was I might not make it to the next round. So what is a song that I can put enough of myself into or hopefully all of myself into that if i leave i'll feel proud of or i'll feel um like i've given it my all so uh it was uh it was really important to make sure i made it my own as much as i could um and uh and so that was really my goal and and by the way it was really similar to Performing at a show, you know, you never know if it's going to be your last show. You never know if it's someone's first time seeing you. You never know. So there was that element of it. Um, that pressure for sure.
2: What was your favorite song of all of, of all of the different um, arrangements and choices? Oh, that's so hard. That's
0: so hard, <laughs> but. Oh, it's really hard. I, I, I felt a really deep connection uh, singing "New York, New York" because my because uh, I grew up hearing my dad sing that song, and I did a acoustic version of it, um, and that intimacy is something that I th- that's that's why you know that moment that Steve is talking about of singing "High Water" in this intimate. Uh, venue, those are the moments that really stick with you, that you feel as though someone is really seeing your soul. And with the other songs, I love that I get to uh, perform and and put myself out there and hopefully show a side of myself that's confident and daring. But the part of me that just is standing there and exposing my soul and spirit, that's the, the moments that I really cherish and hold on to. I just remembered, as I was saying this, Take Me to Church by Hosier was so much fun. Oh, God. I feel like that might be the middle ground where I got to um, feel that intimacy, feel that emotion, but I did get to run around. Um, but if we talk about this long enough, I will name every song. I know <laughs> I, I can feel myself doing it. Um, so yeah, New York, New York.
1: Oh Wait, now I got to jump in. Are you seeing Hosier at the Troubadour on the 31st?
0: I didn't know that he was playing at the troubadour.
1: Yes, he's doing an underplay. I love that dude. He's a great dude, and we're going. So you should go so we can all say hello. May 31st? Yeah.
0: (gasps) Okay. Making a note. That would be at the troubadour. (gasps) Yeah.
1: Which is like my favorite venue in the world, anyway. So yeah. Same. Same. Okay. Wow. Okay. Great. Way, let's jump on to the EP now, because, you know, again, there's so much to always talk about. And, you know, it's just, I loved what you said about baggage. I loved what you sorry My dog just did like a massive thump on the floor. <laughs> um, I got distracted. It's like, boom. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it's interesting for you. At what point have you started to own your your baggage and realize that, you know, because again, what you're saying to about, you know, the fact that people appreciate you opening up, it's always true. Sage and I talk about this all the time. As an artist, the most important thing is to be authentic. And that means, yeah, we're all fucked up. Right. Every one of us.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm I'm still a work in progress. You know, I feel like some days I feel super empowered at this idea of really sharing how my day is going. And then the next day I I feel completely debilitated by it. You know, I think that's just the... lovely washing machine of being a human. But uh, I felt really, uh, I felt really inspired when writing Baggage to own this side of myself that was saying, hey, here is everything that's going on. Like as if it was a first date. And I was like, if I'm going to go out with this person again, I might as well say what's coming. I might as well say, Hey, like here is what's happened, here's how it's affected me. Um here's uh here is my baggage. And you know with that being said, I feel like we all have different interpretations of what our baggage is, you know, there's something that I could come to you guys sharing as my baggage and you're like, wait till I show you what I have, you know, like, wait till I show you what I've been going through. Um, so I feel like there's this connection that we all sort of have with our baggage. What's
1: interesting. And then Sage, you're up in a second. I just want to ask a follow-up on this is, um, it's funny. Do you feel like writing high water, then, and opening up about your sister and having that vulnerability has allowed you to tap into more of your openness as a writer? And now, all of a sudden, you can feel like—and again, obviously, you had such amazing response to that song. And does that empower you to then be like more vulnerable because other people are like, "Yeah, we identify."
0: Right. There is that uh, book, The Artist's Way, and there's this section in it where it talks about just writing to write and even if you write that day and nothing comes of it and uh you feel like it was a waste that song or that lyric or that melody that you came up with that particular day can lead you to the next idea um and so with that being said I feel that distinctly with those songs. Cause, because I remember recording high water and being like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> I mean, this is so difficult and, uh, confusing and feels like the opposite of therapy. I feel as though I'm going backwards. Uh, but now that I have done that, it allowed me to, uh, lean into that part of myself that does exist, that you know, is very, I mean, the majority of myself, I mean, then the entirety of myself is not perfect. So uh, admitting that. And I do feel like we're in a really cool time with the new generation where they're leaning into imperfections. They're wearing pimple patches. They're posting unfiltered things. Like there's, there is a shift that's happening and we either, you know, revolt against it and, you know, uh, or we lean in and, you know, see, see how it feels. And it has, it does feel better than presenting something inauthentic and then making other people feel as if they are uh, unhinged for having difficult days and
1: years. Well, I love that. And I also think that it applies so much musically as well, because again, you know, we've talked about this, like, you know, people want imperfections in music. People also want organics. Right. Okay. Sage, you're up in one second. Bishop, what's your most vulnerable song of all time? The, the one song that just since we're talking about vulnerability in song and song and as a back story to this, Sage and I are working on a project together, which is a blast, all about uh, music and spirituality. And okay. uh, dude, we've literally talked to, with everyone already from Willie Nelson and Ann Margaret to like ASAP Rocky and Moby and on and on. You know, people love talking about this stuff. But yeah. and one of the things, of course, is which song brings you closest to the universe? So. And I think it's very much a vulnerability song. Like for me, it's like when you hear Dylan, if you see her say hello, that's the song for me or Joni Mitchell case of you where you just shake your head and like, Oh my God. But you, what's your, what's your song? Your most vulnerable song that brings you closest to the universe.
0: Ooh. Hmm. Uh, can I say two?
1: Yeah, of course. Okay. You can say whatever you want.
0: Okay. Uh, you can name
1: 25 if you want.
0: Okay, great. Um, (laughs) So high water for sure, right off the bat feels like goes without saying, uh, because I was, um, sharing about the darkest time in my life and, and still something that I'm grieving and, and struggling with, uh, I think it would have to be, and then the, you know, follow-up, uh, would be, I tried, uh, And it's this song that's on champion and it's technically a demo and it was about my partner before he found sobriety. And I am just saying some stuff about (laughs) his family and him. And it's, uh, to this day, I, I, I still show up to the family cause we're still together. You know, I still show up to the family reunion and I'm just, I, I feel sort of, um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be giving attention to it, but I, I feel, uh, very exposed with that song in particular. And, um, I, it, it's a, it's a very distinct chapter in our relationship. Uh, And there's no hiding in it because it's just guitar and vocal and it's one take all the way through. And when I recorded it, I left the room and I turned around and I said, well, that wasn't usable at all. I'm so sorry. Like, um, I, I, I like had to weirdly, I had to go uh, to the airport, which makes me sound fancier than I am. I'm not, but Mm -hmm. I had to go to the airport and, uh, Uh, The reason why I didn't want to use the take was because I was just crying the whole time. And I was just, just at the top of my head, just saying these lyrics, it just came pouring out. Uh, And yeah. And then when I listened back, I was like, I thought of that thing we're describing, which is, you know, the people that inspire me the most, they allowed their imperfections to stay in there and they, they left it as is. You know, it, it wasn't about being perfect, uh, and so, so yeah. So I tried, uh, which is titled "I Tried Prency's Demo" uh, and "High Water."
1: That's a All great. Right, what about what is about as a fan from some, from another artist?
0: Oh God,
1: hmm, oh, that's hard. If you can't think of one, because we have limited time, you can always. Well, my think well, my,
0: my instinct, because I was listening to it the other day, was "Bridge Over Troubled Water." And then, do you know the song um, "Patches"? By who? It's it's in the um, Muscle Shoals documentary. Okay, you'll have to check it out. It's, it's a really old school Motown song, and it's it's about growing up in the South. Um, I mean, God, there's so many. There's so well, many. Maybe Rose. My, is making, my instinct is my instinct if you is-
1: can't think of any or whatever, you can always email me too. But I want to let Sage jump in. Okay, but also, right. I love your story so much. And uh, Sage, I hope you were paying close attention. Because Sage has this song on her EP called Intro. And literally stopped me in my tracks like four times. And she has like two versions of it. I'm like, if you fucking change the song, I'm never speaking to oh you again. Oh my
0: God. Okay, see, you get it.
1: Yes. All right, go for it. I'm going to let you guys go now.
2: I loved what you said earlier about how this generation is trying to be more open with imperfections and it's all good things. And I really credit artists like you that paved that to be able to be a thing. Like, when did you step into that? Or have you always just been brave with showing yourself to the world? Or was there a year or an experience that you were like, wait a minute, Mm. and you woke up to knowing that that was super important to you?
0: That's a great question. I feel like my life really changed once the Me Too movement happened because I had all these, I I had all these secrets as a woman existing in the music business that I thought I was just supposed to keep to myself and, uh, that I was supposed to, um, uh, just allow to happen. And, and when the me too movement happened, it was like, Oh, wow. Like we've all gone through this and, and here's that person's story. And, and there were so many things as a woman that I felt like I had to hide, um, even hiding confidence, um, because, um, you know, the men around me, you know, uh, felt very intimidated by that and threatened by that. And, and realizing that, uh, life is really, really short. Um, and when I worked with men that were feminists that did believe in men and women being equal, I all of a sudden realized their favorite part of me was when I was my most confident self, uh, in the session. And, and when I shared my ideas and, um, I think the me too movement allowed that those men to, to step forward and, um, So I think that was a really big game changer because there was this like positioning of self that I thought I had to do before. And maybe I did have to do before um, where it was, you know, I didn't come up with an idea. We came up with the idea. Um, You, sir, in the room came up with the idea. And so the minute that everyone came forward and they said, hey, that's really misogynistic. And hey, that's not okay. And where are the female engineers? And, you know, the minute that that conversation started happening, I all of a sudden felt uh, like one of my biggest shames and secrets was now shared and, uh, you know, could be let go. I was so fascinated to learn about your
2: upbringing and all the places you've lived and um, things you've seen. And Do you feel like you think really differently than you find a lot of Americans or a lot of just people of the world because you've experienced all these different amalgamations of places and now you have just have your own way
0: of thinking and being? Do you think that that's part of where you come from? I'm so obsessed with American culture that I could never find myself more worldly than... (laughs) the average American because I grew up just admiring America and being fascinated by it. Uh, But what I will say is I really think it has everything to do with what's being played in your living room because my mom and dad were these two Scottish people that were just obsessed with music. They loved Queen and the Beatles and Barry White and, uh, and um, Carol King and Eva Cassidy and, Uh, I was talking to them recently about this and they were saying that with me growing up, they said there was not a moment where music was not on. It was just the thing in the house. So I really think wherever we had ended up, uh, that was the game changer for me in particular. Um, And yeah. So I think that was, that was a huge, huge difference.
2: So Steve mentioned the project that we're doing on spirituality and music. And one of the questions that I love asking is, is there a book or a ritual or something that you come back to that you've found as a piece in this world that for you, it's a grounding, either information or someone else's writings or?
0: Ooh, I love how we're always on a time crunch. And then I'm like extending it by trying to find things. Um, Oh, there's so many here. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. We got there. Okay, okay. So this is just straight off the bat. Okay, so Austin Cleon. he has another, uh, one of his first books was Steel Like an Artist. This one's called Keep Going. Um, And it's really uh, easy to... uh, To complete and finish, and it's really inspiring. Um, And this is very good for creativity. Then, this crying in H Mart, most recent, and uh, it is uh, something that I feel very uh, (laughs) traumatized by uh, (laughs) due to the incredible descriptors in it. So I would say this is, you know, something that recently I've been really drawn to, and then Leonard Cohen. This is a book that his son made, and it's poems, notebooks, lyrics, and drawings. So his son scanned it all and wow. made a book out of it when he passed away. Which I just oh love, and so, and by the way, this is not that big of a big of a deal, but the the way that the book so instead of it being normal paper it's all like thick rugged <laughs> paper which i i love um mm-hmm. so i would say a combo of these three things and then a blank um moleskin and a black pen you know uh having the blankness and knowing that i need to continue writing and i need to um to Uh, put down my thoughts, that makes a big difference.
1: All right, cool. We got to wrap up in a second. Um, Speaking of the writing, and and, you know, it's funny, where this project was born at, well, actually where this project was born out of was I started doing something just for fun. I was asking people about their favorite life lesson. And then I started, we started asking people, why are you here? And we'll get to that in a second. But it's interesting because what's really been interesting is talking with all the writers about all the artists about channeling and how writing is so unconscious. And yes. it's funny, It doesn't matter who I talk to. It doesn't matter how diverse they are as an artist. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's Joe Elliott from Def Leppard or it doesn't matter if it's, you know, whoever. They all agree. So for you, what's been your sort of favorite experience of channeling as a writer?
0: Ooh, I love it every time because it's true. It's a very outer body, out of body experience. Uh, my favorite.
1: Or one that's just been most memorable.
0: I think that there have been a few. Oh, could I, can I say a song that's on the EP? Maybe not. Why don't I say, um,
1: I mean, you can to us, that's up to, you know, (laughs)
0: Uh, why don't I say, uh, that's a, that's a tough question in a good way and not to totally, you know, have this be some sort of cop out, but Every time, it is a spiritual experience. Every time, and the songs that are out, it means that that channel happened and that I felt emotionally connected enough in that moment to then release it. So I would say you could name any song and there was that emotional experience that went on, you know, that that did feel higher than me. And, and, and truly you don't have any control over it.
1: It's all good. I know we have limited time and, you know, because you're about to win the mass singer tomorrow night, your life is a little crazy. So, but you know, we'll find another time hopefully where we can sit down and really talk about this. Yeah. It's, it's freaking fascinating. It is. You know? Yeah. But, um, cool. All right. So wait, Sage has never seen you live. And obviously you've made me cry live. So we're coming to either New York or LA uh, oh my God, one. Yay. we'll figure that out because she's in New York. I'm in LA and we kind of go back and forth, but for you. So what's we'll wrap up on the EP, which apparently you're not allowed to talk about that much. What songs are you most excited to do live when, when we see you in either New York or LA in the fall?
3: Oh,
0: art of survival is a wild ride to perform live. I was fortunate enough to be able to perform it at Coachella when I was very pregnant. And even when I was very pregnant, I was running around, jumping up and down. And that's a song that I think when you hear it live, you you understand what the intention is. And the intention is you're fighting for survival. You're not looking at survival and thinking, oh, what a beautiful art form. Your your teeth are, uh, clen- your jaw is clenched, your teeth are you know, rubbing together and you are fighting for survival. And that is exactly what comes over me when I perform it. Uh, So art of survival. I'm really excited. But
1: how pregnant were you when you did it at Coachella?
0: I was uh, seven and a half months.
1: Ah, Alison Wonderland beat you. It's so funny. She's a good friend as well. Since I interviewed her together, she was eight months pregnant on Coachella. We were like, dude, you're going to go on labor on the stage. And yeah, Uh, so I I feel like you guys really need to have a conversation about that because she's just a fucking badass woman as well.
0: I would love that. I would love that. Yeah.
1: Cool. Sage, you want to wrap it up? Is there anything that you guys want to add that we did not get to? Because I know we got to eat it. Well, I mean, look, you and I can talk all day.
0: I know. Yes, this is what we
2: do. Well, I know this is a major question and it's not a two-second
0: think, but Steve said it earlier. Why are you here? I hope that I'm here to... uh, I hope that I'm here to show people that they're not alone in their grief and in their pain and that it can look, uh, it can look different for everyone. Yeah. I I would hope that that's, yeah, I, I, I would hope that that's part of my purpose here on earth, but I'm still learning and growing and, and being a student myself. So I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go.
1: Cool. Right. Anything you want to add? We didn't ask you about. I love that answer, by the way. We did an interview together too with Samora Pinderhughes, the jazz artist out of New York, who it's turned me on too. And we had a long cover. His he did a show that's all about grief. That was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. I highly, highly, highly recommend it if you oh get God, a chance okay. to see it. It's called Grief in Process.
0: Okay. I'll
1: remember. But again, we were talking about that as well, and it's true. Grief is such a uh, you know, it's such a unique process, and it's there's just no right answer for it. Yes. Yes.
0: Hundred percent. Oh, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for this.
1: It's of course. So it's it's a black always. Oh,
0: I can't wait to see Sage's superhuman.
1: It's so damn good. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny because I was like, well, wait, maybe I'm biased. So I sent her shit to a bunch of other people in the industry and they're like, oh my God, she's amazing.
0: <laughs> I know. Can't I can't wait, wait for, the, for the intro song too. We
1: can't wait. Yes. I'll wait. I'll send it to you on, on Instagram because she probably won't, you know. Say, okay.
2: with that it's up to you of course yeah i yeah none of this stuff is out yet i'm in that you know trying to figure out how the heck to release yeah. things stage yes yes but,
1: yeah but i would love
2: to connect with you yes yes you're the best oh, thank
1: you cool and we can't wait to see you live i expect you to make me cry again
0: oh my gosh here we go thank you guys so much cool
1: thank see you ya. thanks we'll see you later bishop bye Hey, this is Steve Walton You've been listening to My Turning Point with co-host Sage Bava, special guest Bishop Briggs. Thanks.
2: Yeah. can be I know the truth is
3: It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football